Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like and share, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel or the audio version, wherever you're listening. My name is Sal Vetri, and today I'm going to talk about one that or that one dude for the NFL Week 8. One guy that I'm very interested in, not in terms of playing 100% into my lineups. No, I think that's a little bit ridiculous for really most players, if not 99.9% of the time for players uh, in the NFL. I'm just talking about a guy who I find that is very under-owned in a spot that just screams out great spot and a player that I'll be over the field on. Usually I like to find guys that are somewhere near the single digits. This player is right now pretty much there at 10% owned across the industry, what I'm seeing on average. So a guy that is making that single digit, maybe pushing it being the double digit, but 10% owned. I think it's still counter. It's at least close enough. It's a guy that I probably want to be about double the field somewhere around there on. Maybe I'll have a little bit more, maybe coming around 24%, but I feel good about the percentages and the crunches of this guy that I'm getting. It's a player that, no, it's, it's not a quarterback. We've yet to have a quarterback because I don't think quarterbacks need to be that one dude unless for some reason there's just a quarterback going unowned that's in a smash spot. And that's not the case this week. The good quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, Matt Stafford, um, Jared Goff, guys that are in really good spots. Matt Ryan, if he plays, Ryan Tannehill picking up some steam as a cheaper cash end option with maybe some tournament upside in his matchup. Those guys are picking up steam it's not a tight end this week I think the tight ends are pretty standout, pretty clear and obvious. You can check out the final thoughts video that was posted yesterday on this if you indeed want to. It's not a wide receiver as it usually is. And the majority of the time, I believe it's been a wide receiver and or tight end. I'm not even sure if we've had a running back yet. I have to go back and look. But that one dude for the NFL week eight finds himself in a very good matchup where he's technically, and this should give it away, technically the home favorite. That one dude for week eight, I like multiple people on his team, but his correlation and just how you get the biggest ceiling out of his position is usually exactly where he is as a 13 point technically home favorite as he's in London, as people have been pointing out to me all week, as I think I got it wrong earlier in the week saying he that he was a home favorite. Yes, he's on the road. You can see with the target offense sheet over my shoulder and before I announce his name and a picture pops up, the target offense sheet over my shoulder says that this guy's team total is the highest on the slate at 30.75. Hmm really high team total, huge favorite. And we haven't even gotten into his matchup yet. We haven't even gotten into this player's usage yet. It's getting good. But before we do, hit that subscribe button. We're about to hit 14,000 subscribers. Thank you so much. You can check out, if you like this video, please hit it and you get value. You can check out my exclusive content linked down below on Patreon. It's NFL content over there. Now my NBA model for projections is up as well. NFL, I do two shows a week, well, three with a live stream. I do an ownership podcast and then a Sunday morning closing thoughts. Those are my shows, but then there's a bunch of data. There's about a 15 page write-up where every single game I talk about players that I find valuable. It's about 75 plus players. Talk about wide receiver cornerback matchups, offensive defensive line. I put about 25 hours a week into NFL content content on Patreon alone, about 10 to 15 on YouTube. So if you want more of my content, this just kind of scratches the surface of what I do. I do a lot more over on Patreon that I think you'll get value from. We are closing in on 300 patrons. I think we have 291 exactly as I shoot this. So you can check that out. You can check me out on my social medias, Twitter at SalVetriDFS, Facebook, SalVetri Facebook page, and then Instagram is SalVetri as well. I think I'm currently private, might open that up. Um, so it's just public. Uh, and yeah, you can check me out all over there. I appreciate you all tuning into this video. And now let's get back to talking about that one dude. As this picture's about to pop up over my shoulder, I'm sure <clears throat> that one dude this week is Todd Gurley. Oh, I hear the gasps. 
Oh, everybody's going, oh, Todd Gurley, his leg, his leg. Everybody's yelling out, oh my God, I'm so scared of Todd Gurley's leg. How can, how dare you say Todd Gurley this week? As people not owning him at 10% this week, I understand the concerns. I believe there are concerns. But at 10%, I'm willing to have more than that, a lot more than that too. And let me discuss a little bit as to why. Look, we're talking about hindsight here. Todd Gurley can go out and he can injure his leg. I can't handle that. Or I, I can't control that is the better word. Todd Gurley also did play 61% of the snaps last week, and he got 19 touches. So when people tell me, oh, but he played 93% of the snaps when he played his two games ago because he missed a week, uh, and then he only played 61% of the snaps, Sal, what, what gives? What gives? All right, well, he got 19 touches, so what do you worry about? <laughs> Every single time he was on the field, he was pretty much getting touches in a game where his team just ran the ball the whole second half, and yes, was very much willing to give him the ball. I understand that Malcolm Brown was out and is going to be out this week as well, the true backup. Now, the rookie that they drafted to kind of be this change of pace guy and really the backup that they thought at draft day instead of Malcolm Brown, but Malcolm Brown won out the job, was Daryl Henderson Jr. And don't get me wrong, Daryl Henderson Jr., he looks the part, right? He looks violent when he's running, but what did he do last week? He was ineffective, he was ineffective against a good run defense. That doesn't mean that he can't be good. The week before, in very limited touches, when Todd Gurley was out, he looked good. But he also was given more touches and, and really not game planned for because he was just a new rookie running back. So now if he's going to be back-to-back weeks, the primary backup, you imagine there's a little bit more of a game plan and more tape on his skill set when he's in the game, where he likes to run, how he kind of likes to hit holes. So there's some kind of component to game planning against him in that regard. But he's the backup running back. Daryl Henderson Jr., if indeed Todd Gurley is healthy, is not going to see 60% of the snaps. I doubt he sees 40% of the snaps. Todd Gurley, I'd be surprised if he saw less than 70% of the snaps. Let's call it 65% of the snaps. But even if he does, even if he sees 65 or 70% of the snaps in the 60s like he was last week, I feel very confident that he probably sees as a car just decides to open it up. I don't know what's wrong with these people in these cars. They like to get by the cars that just rev it up and open it up. I don't understand the satisfaction in that, but I guess to each their own. But yeah, Todd Gurley, he's going to see 20 touches. If indeed he plays 70 plus percent of the snaps more times than not, I haven't projected very close to that. Maybe it's a little bit of a bullish projection on him, but I'm fine with it. He's a 13 point favorite against the worst run defense in the league. And he's priced at 7,400, a very affordable price point, especially when you dip below his price point. It's a lot of question marks around running backs. And especially when you factor in their matchups. Todd Gurley, Cincinnati Bengals this year. Most running back, most points to the running back position so far this year. The Cincinnati Bengals are bottom two in terms of being the second worst in the league or worst in receptions to running backs, receiving touchdowns to running backs, which Todd Gurley scored a receiving touchdown last week, rushing yards and receiving yards. Every possible category for Todd Gurley, and they are by far the most rushing yards allowed in the league, and I mean by far by like 50 plus. Every single running back who has played them has had a beneficial game. Now you have Todd Gurley, who the only, only reason why people are not owning him nearly as much is, okay, Leonard Fournette's in the price range for $400 more. I get that. Pretty big workload. Difficult, more difficult matchup, but pretty big workload. The only reason is you're worried about Todd Gurley's leg. And look, I understand the concerns, but what last week did not give you some sort of confidence? The 19 touches that he saw weren't enough um, in a week where he practiced on a limited basis, and now he's been practicing in a capacity for full this week. What is scaring you away? And then you also factor in the other side of this game. Okay, how often does it become a 13-point spread where Gurley's a two-touchdown favorite or around there, and he's actually getting a bulk of carries in the second half? 
I think pretty often. The Rams acquire Jalen Ramsey. That really puts a damper on Auden Tate and Tyler Boyd when they're not, when Tyler Boyd's not on the side and Auden Tate on the outside. And Andy Dalton already has receivers. Alex Erickson's big game last week. That's really going to keep you confident that this game stays close. Alex Erickson on the outside? No, not so much. This Bengals offensive line is still uh, atrocious. Bottom, uh, dead last in the league in adjusted sack rate, dead last in the league in adjusted line play. It's not going to help Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard get free. They haven't been able to. It's not their skill set. It's their offensive line in front of them that continues to battle injuries. They will get Glenn back this week, but He's a guy that just got fined $200,000 by his team and suspended one game for just speaking out against how the team is performing pretty much um, and conduct detrimental to the team. You really think he cares about playing his full potential right now in this game? No, I don't think so. So the chance is that Andy Dalton does not do well in spots where in London cornerbacks or quarterbacks in general have just not played well because of the time change, it seems. I'll take I'll take Todd Gurley there and his offense and his defense really to hold this Bengals terrible offense down with a bad offensive line play and pretty below average wide receiver play. I'll take that and I'll rely on having him as a big favorite in this game. Again, he's the highest team total on the slate at 30.75. You have to like that. Malcolm Brown is out. Daryl Hunderson Jr. is going to be in and backing him up. I'm not sitting here going to tell you that Daryl Hunderson Jr. is not going to see 30% of the snaps because he might. But I think there's a greater chance that Todd Gurley plays 80 plus percent of the snaps than Daryl Henderson Jr. plays 50 percent of the snaps. And I feel really confident in that. Todd Gurley is the guy that this team needs if they want to establish play action early in this game. More people are going to bite on Todd Gurley getting the ball because he is still an effective running back as much as people want to say that he's not. He's at least the name value is going to make him more effective in the play action game if anything else does not more so than Daryl Henderson Jr. in terms of people being scared about what he can do to you. And Todd Gurley has been used in the passing game. I mean, the week before he got injured, he saw a handful of targets and he caught, I believe, five over five uh, balls that game. He got in the end zone or in the end zone last week in the passing game. Todd Gurley is Todd Gurley. And at this point last year, if he was 7,400 against the worst run defense in the league as a 13-point favorite with a 30.75 slate high team total, it wouldn't be much of a discussion. I understand the knee has deteriorated some, apparently. I understand that he's banged up and playing with some injuries, But based on last week and now having another week of practice in the books, I'll take the 61% of the touches last week. If you gave me his same exact 61% of the snaps for 19 touches that he got last week, this week, I still think he's that one dude. I still think 19 touches of Todd Gurley against this defense when you're this big of a spread and a favorite, I'll take that. But I personally think he's going to get more. So Todd Gurley this week is that one dude. And I already know everybody's going to be commenting, but Sal, his injury. I'm well aware of his injury. That's why he's low owned. And that's why I like him even more. If Todd Gurley was 24% owned, you could be damn sure that I'm not going to have the same amount of interest in Todd Gurley. It's because he's 10% owned and everybody's going to put him in one out of 10 of their lineups. And if I just put him in two or three of my lineups out of those 10 and probably closer to two, just double the field, don't have as much leverage on it in terms of if things go bad, but if things go good, I have double the leverage that the field does and I can move up the leaderboards. I feel really good about that type of a play. Now, if this doesn't work out, I'm completely fine with that because, again, it's only 20% of my lineups that he's in. Maybe he doesn't completely crush them. So for the people who come back and go, that one dude was a real good play. I'm not telling you to play Todd Gurley in your cash lineups, bimbos. All right? All right? So if you're going to come back here with that, just know this is a lower-owned GPP play that I'm going to be putting in probably twice as many of my lineups than the field is. So if I have him in two out of 10 lineups instead of one out of 10, that is very good leverage, although it might not seem like it. That is double the field. That is 20% exposure instead of 10% exposure. You have a lot of leverage, and I might even go a little bit more, maybe up to around 24 25%. I'll see where my crunches will come out, but he's grading out very well for me on what I have projected as a median of 18 touches in this game with the ceiling somewhere in the 25 range. So thank you for tuning in. This is that one dude for the NFL week eight. If you enjoyed this video, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. Follow me on Twitter at DFS. If you want my exclusive content, everything you need to be prepped for week eight of the NFL season, it's all up there. It's going to be linked down below. Tomorrow is the last piece of content that comes out for week eight. And that's my closing thoughts video, or actually it's a podcast format. It comes out around 7am in the morning, maybe a little bit earlier tomorrow. 
talk about stacks, talk about all the injuries, talk about final ownership, talk about exactly what I'm going to be doing for my exposures and things in that nature. You can check that out. Link down below. One of the very one of the few things that is going to be offered on Patreon uh, for the NFL season, as well as my NBA model and projections are up there as well. Love that the NBA is back. This is the best time of the DFS year. NFL is in full swing. NBA is coming back, and the PGA is still rocking and rolling. And then if you're still a baseball fan, you still got the World Series showdown slate, which I don't really recommend. I don't play them, but uh, to each their own as well. There. So my name's Sal. You already know that. That one dude, Todd Gurley, week eight. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.